Hello and welcome to the Scott and Paul Show, Episode 3. I'm Paul Wilford along with Scott Edwards. Sting is back! Sting is back! Well, I think we know what our first topic is going to be about. Yes, the Survivor Series was this past Sunday, and some old guy that nobody even remembers is back in wrestling. Who is that again, Scott? It'd be Sting, the Stinger. Sting is back. Yes. Only took him about 15 years, but he's finally here in the WWE, and everybody seems to be pretty much excited except for some dickheads on the internet, but we're not going to worry about them too much. Scott, you watched the first match and the last match, which was really the only thing you needed to watch. What was your reactions other than Sting? Okay, there is not anything other than Sting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You told me to watch it without spoilers. And which I don't spoil anything usually, and I watched it, and yeah, the first match was really good. I liked the the luchadors and all those guys jumping around. I mean, it was it was good. It was good. It was a good high flying match. I was surprised to see Goldust still wrestling, and was surprised at how well he did. And his brother is pretty good too, so I was very impressed with Goldust. I'm, you know, uh, I didn't really know much about the other guys other than some of the bits and pieces you told me. Um, but it's funny. Last week you told me, or I, I said something about you know the, uh, the appeal that for me doesn't work for wrestling. What it's lacking for me personally is the lack of those big characters. You know, everybody looks like a UFC fighter or something. You know, some cornbread guy with tattoos or something. There's a few guys that's a little out there, but it just didn't have the diversity that it seemed to have before. And uh, but seeing Sting come back at the end, I had no, did not have any clue he was coming back. And I was really enjoying the um, Ziggler. Yeah, Ziggler. I thought that was pretty good, and that guy was working really well. And then, boom, there's Sting. You know, I uh, I jumped up out of my chair and yelled a couple times, and my kids just looked at me like I was crazy. And they don't know who it is because we don't really watch a whole lot of wrestling. And uh, but yeah, Sting. Very excited. And you say there's detractors on the internet. Uh, well, yeah, people. Well, he didn't really get a huge pop. He got a pop, but not a big pop. He got the fucking pop of the night. I, I thought it was a pretty good pop. Yeah. yeah. Well, internet's full of, you know, assholes. But yeah, I wasn't really surprised. I was mock surprised. Um. Yeah, Sting. Sting could have. I mean, he could have come out with a resurrected Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior and. That would have been awesome. They, people still would have bitched. The Blade Runners yeah. are back. Yeah, the, the Blade Runners are back. And, uh, you know. But I, it, I don't know. It was I thought it was awesome. It was good. He didn't have to say anything. and He works best when he doesn't say anything. His best run was when he didn't talk for a year. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, he didn't say shit. Because you wanted to hear something out of him for a year. Because he was always loud and boisterous, and I mean, he was really over. But this is a guy that's never went away. I mean, they can, whatever. I mean, you got to think these detractors that are they're dogging on him. Uh, who's their favorite current WWE superstar? Well, you want to bet Sting in a smaller promotion probably sold more main event seats and pay per views and big arenas than most of the active roster in WWE today. I don't know, TNA's pretty rough, and Sting was in TNA for a 
think the last ten years. Well, I'm so. talking about legacy. I'm talking about legacy. Legacy wise, yes. Yes, he's probably sold more tickets than most of the people in the WWE. Most of them, not all of them, yeah. but most of them. And um, and had he been in WWE, they wouldn't even come close as long as they let him keep his character. They would not. They they would. But he was in WCW before it got huge, and it was only huge for a brief time before it fizzled out. Yeah. So Sting is the one that got away for Vince McMahon, and you know the Attitude Era had a lot to do with that. And uh, fuck the Attitude Era. Sting versus a lot of those big stars that would have been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Sting versus Mankind, and uh, Sting versus The Rock, Sting versus Stone Cold. I mean, shit would have been great. And uh, he's never had that strap either, so hopefully he gets his due, especially if it's going to be Triple H. We can, I can imagine he'll win the title in the next few months. <laughs> I, I don't really see him winning the title. I know he was saying that I want one last match, and I want it at WrestleMania with The Undertaker. doesn't seem that way. He did sign a contract, which is pretty much the same as Brock Lesnar's contract, where he's... You know, set number of dates and a lot of money, but um, Sting has actually earned it at this point. And look, I personally, it would be a better match with Sting and Triple H at WrestleMania than The Undertaker. Yeah, I love Taker, but he lost the appeal's gone, and Sting really should work somebody who knows how to work a a technical match. That's why he worked so good with Flair. He's the exact opposite, but he can mesh perfectly with him. Yeah. So, WrestleMania, don't waste Sting. Don't use him every week, Don't in which they're not, because they're not going to pay him that much. He wasn't on Monday night. But, um, they, they, they put him over huge, though, on the, on the uh, Survivor Series and on Monday night. So, it's great seeing Sting Talking about Dana White and Brock Lesnar, Dana White cut a little like Vince McMahon-ish promo because there's been a couple of rumors going around. We talked about this last week or week before about um, Brock might be using UFC as leverage in his contract because his contract expires with McMahon after whenever <laughs> WrestleMania is. I can't remember the date now. March or April. Yeah, and the new rumor going around is that, well, maybe Bellator might make a play for um, Lesnar in. Yeah, Bellator has some backers. And Dana White cut a promo saying, uh, hold on, let me get the exact uh, quote he had. He basically said there's no way it would happen. Well, they'd be crazy to let it happen. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, you know, I mean... UFC was already doing astronomical pay-per-view numbers. Brock Lesnar did not hurt at all. Now, here it is. Brock Lesnar would not go to Bellator. Oh, Brock Lesnar won't go to Bellator. Brock wants to fight the best guys in the world. The best guys in the world are in the UFC. So, um... Yeah, that's a pretty good point for the most yeah, part. I mean, that's flat out. Bellator sucks. We got the talent, so... I don't know, Brock's still in that weird-ass position. I mean, you got like three companies now kind of vying for for Lesnar. you got the UFC, you got Bellator, and you got WWE. Now, what does Brock want to do? I mean, right now he's out hunting, 
killing things with his bare hands, probably. Speaking of which, what Brock ought to do, because Brock's a guy that's not happy with the physical toll that's on his body, is he just needs to go to one of these outdoor channels and say, hey, I want to show. Yeah. And come up with some sort of merchandising deal, because obviously they're probably not going to pay him what he's make would make from a UFC fight or something like that. You know, not not for any sort of extended period of time. He that's what that's what Brock should do. He loves to hunt. He loves to go out and wrestle bears or whatever, like Zanjev. But um, yeah. he's a big big deer hunter. I know that. Well, you know uh, who also likes to hunt and has deer, Austin. So let's just go ahead and have Austin and, and Brock have a oh yeah, show. and they could come up with their own line of shit, and they'll make tons of money and not have to put their bodies on the line. Yeah. So that's what they should do. Yeah. So, um, but Brock, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to do what he wants to do, and whoever throws the most money, he's probably going to have him. And UFC has a lot of money and a lot of negotiation power with the pay-per-view numbers they get. So UFC has way more money than Bellator, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I so, mean, so they're pay it most likely. The pay-per-view difference is is huge. I mean, I'm not sure if UFC is still out selling WWE on pay-per-views. They are. Yeah, they they kill. Well, remember, they killed the, the business. They went straight to um, the network. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I just really hope it's not Sting versus fucking Lesnar. Yeah, so. it won't be Sting versus Lesnar. It, it'll be somebody who will protect Sting. It, it'll yeah. be Hunter or. I can't really think of anybody else. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I love to see The Rock, but there's no point in doing that. Seeing Sting do the Scorpion Death Drop on Hunter, that was very, very, very satisfying. It, it was great seeing the two of them in the ring at the same time, finally. Yeah, the stare down alone was, was worth the price. Cause remember when we went to... What, what show did we go? WWE... We, we went to both of them, but we went to the. I think you're talking about the house show when we were the only the house show we who liked Triple H. No, it wasn't a house show. It was a taping. It was, no, because we ended up on the WrestleMania um, yeah, it was commercial. A, yeah, it was a taping right before WrestleMania 12. Yes, and where Yokozuna did the double butt drop and won the um, that award and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, there were two people in that entire arena, and it was sold out. Which I'm thinking, what is it? Fifteen thousand seats tops, probably twelve thousand, probably. Anyways, it was sold out, um, and there were eleven thousand nine hundred ninety-eight people <laughs> telling Tr- Hunter Hearst Helmsley to go to hell, and there were two people screaming, "Hunter, Hunter, over here! Look here!" And he couldn't hear us for the bunch of assholes, but <laughs> we were cheering him on and loved him. And this, but. You know how Hunter turned out, how Triple H turned out for a while. Mm-hmm. He went downhill for a while. Like I said, when we first started watching Triple H, he was the shit. Yeah. Before he was Triple H. Did not realize that he would become shit. But he's had a great career and a lot of interesting, a lot of well-done matches. And uh, so. And he did have the match of the show at WrestleMania last year. Yeah. He's 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 good, and I mean yeah, he just had a brief period that I didn't care for him. After that he was he was back, um, but him versus Sting that's that's I'm not sad to be my dream match. I mean you know we could dig up Vern Gagne if he's dead. 
<laughs> I don't think Vern's dead. I yet. think he's still alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, he he went on the lamb after he killed that guy in the nursing home. Well, my three or four people that may listen to this this decade, um, I don't keep up with a lot of the modern wrestling, but I do watch off and on and pay attention to uh, Wrestling Observer off and on. But yeah, I'll, I'm gonna reference a lot of the older guys. Yeah. But I, Sting has. Vince McMahon has achieved what he wanted with Sting. I'm going to tune in to WWE for the next six to seven months and see how this plays out. Yeah. The um. Because I'm the kind of guy that, when Sting's done, I don't know if I'll stick around. You know. Man, it just depends on how how well they push the new guys, what they do with them. Uh, yeah. Daniel Bryan did come back last night, but he's still not in the shape to wrestle, so he's just kind of in the authoritative role now. And then they kind of killed it by bringing in the anonymous GM bullshit. So, yeah, it, it's typical WWE. They do something great, and then they do something stupid just to kind of wipe it away. I like Nintendo. Yeah, a lot like Nintendo. And the only other wrestling news we have is um, finally we do get a New Japan Pro Wrestling weekly show in America starting next year, but it's going to be on... Access TV, uh, yeah, and um, I don't get it, but Suddenlink gets it. So congratulations, Scott! You are now our New Japan correspondent. Yeah, I have to find another way. I cut the cord. Sorry. Oh, yeah. only. Digital revolution. Uh, I'm just excited to see Sting. It's just that's yeah. all that matters, and I want to see the you know. Scorpion Splash, or the Stinger Splash and the Scorpion Deathlock and all those great moves. So, I did see something I liked, and I can't name the guy that did it, uh, because he's one of the newer guys. He was in that last match, and he picked up somebody like he was going to power slam him, and then he held him against the rope and threw a bunch of knee strikes into him. I thought that was pretty neat. And then there was another move they called the Backstab. I thought that was pretty cool. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's uh, not cool? What's that? Being jealous. You know who's jealous? Who's jealous? Christian Bell. Christian Bell's jealous. Yes, of Ben Affleck. Poor guy. Poor, 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 poor Christian Bell. Uh, I'm sorry, but I it's his fault. You know? He, our Batman's grounded in reality. Get the hell over that shit. It's stupid. And then people get on the internet and they say, well, it won't work because their Batman was grounded in reality. You can't have people flying around. What do you mean? Batman's going to turn into a fucking Kryptonian or something? He's still going to be fucking Batman. He's, he's still going to... He's, he's not grounded in reality in Nolan's universe either. He's a little closer to reality than, say, Green Lantern or something. But he's still not grounded in reality. Let's be real. Okay. I mean, he's doing shit that should have killed him. Yeah, they show him limping around and hurt and blah, 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 blah. And... I mean, look, look at look at Two Face. Yeah. He wasn't on enough drugs to be up walking around like that, let alone functioning and talking as calm as he was. Shit, he should have took a gun, put it in his mouth when he woke up. What the hell? But yeah, they can get over that shit. Um, I like that they steer for that. Don't get me wrong, it really worked on the action, in my opinion, to try and keep it grounded in reality. And you guys can't see my quote fingers right now, but. It's Batman, guys. You you can't use reality in him in the same sentence with a straight face. I'm sorry. 
uh, he's a psychotic, uh, <laughs> uh, angry person with lots of money and people to take his anger out on. So that's the way it is. But, you know, Nolan and them don't understand Batman anyways uh, because they made Batman a quitter. How many times have we had this conversation? Batman quit, period. Batman doesn't quit. Nope. No. I doubt they even get that, that Bruce Wayne's the mask. They probably think Batman's the mask. Batman is Batman the day his parents died. He was Batman from that minute forward. He didn't know he was Batman because he hadn't seen the bat or all that. All that. But he was Batman, Batman then. Hmm. Bruce Wayne died with Thomas and Martha Wayne. Plain and simple. He's a mask. The series Gotham gets the character of Batman better than the Nolan universe gets Batman. And he's 10 years old. And he's more Batman than fucking Batman in the Batman universe that Nolan created. Which is yeah. not Batman. And, which, and it's not said in like Begins or The Dark Knight. And I, I freaking hated the last one. I liked the other two. But they were just missing some elements. But they didn't really jump off, jump the shark for me until they made Batman a quitter. Because I can give some sort of leeway towards, well, this is a cinematic universe. But at the same time, you have to get the core of the character right. And, well, Nolan's and that bunch just can't get the comic book characters right. You know, Superman, and who's, you know... And they don't even make a situation that's unresolvable, but he breaks a guy's neck anyways. You I, know, I'm, I can handle Superman killing him, but you're going to have to make it more believable than that. And John Kent saying, yeah, maybe you should have let a bus full of kids drown. No, John Kent would jump in and try to drag him out without superpowers because John Kent's a good person. But, yeah, back to Batman. Bell dropped the ball, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. And he had a chance. And that's just the way it is. I mean, I will give Nolan credit. He did say that he didn't want Batman, not Batman, but uh, Superman to, to kill Zod. But I don't know why he was overruled, but he was. So yeah, maybe, maybe because that's it was cooler to yeah. waste such a fantastic villain because that guy was the star of the movie, in my opinion. Michael Shannon was excellent. I mean, he he was very good. You should hear my son do an impersonation of, you know, I will do what I got to do to protect my people or whatever it was. I mean, <laughs> it's hilarious. But, I mean, it was good. He was an excellent Zod. And, eh, you know, waste him. Of course, it's comic book movies. They can do whatever they want. But he, no. uh, yeah, Batman's not a quitter. So, whatever. The heck with Nolan's. The heck with Christian Bale. Let's see what Batfleck can do. Yeah, yeah. At least I know that guy's a good writer and director. Yeah. On to... Um, well, we don't really have a lot of comic book news as far as comic book movies go, except for one more. Uh, well, two, really. I forgot. One doesn't really matter. <laughs> but this one, um, we now have a actor to play Apocalypse. Oscar Isaac from uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens in... I guess a couple other movies. I have no idea what he was in, but um, he's going to be playing Apocalypse. And well, when the hell's coming out? May twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. And I guess this will be the final Bronze Singer movie. 
Um, for X Men or I believe that might be the plan, but hey, money talks, and I think Singer does pretty well with the X Men. Um, I think he does pretty well. I mean, he's he's not the greatest director, but he's not terrible. He's he, I think he's a good director. I like most of his movies. He's and, not a good action director. That's his problem. He can yeah. get everything else. They need to fire the whoever their choreographers are and get somebody else to come in and consult on this because. The action in X-Men movies is 90% terrible. Maybe Brian Singer loves the whole wire foo crap, so that's why he keeps gossiping. I don't, I don't mind wire foo. They just don't have believable trajectories. <laughs> it's just they leap and they go in a straight line, and there's no curvature. There's no there's no gravity grabbing them. There doesn't look like there's gravity at all whenever they do anything. you got to make me believe they're jumping around like that. And that's as far as the punching and kicking part, I, I, can, I like what they do. You know, uh, Wolverine tears into a bunch of soldiers or something. It looks good, but if you can't get once they start jumping around, right, it just, yeah. if, it just if you crashed. can't, yeah, if you can't get that part right, just go ahead and add in a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, CGI it. And who who was it directed X or uh, Wolverine the first one? Uh, it was it was the same thing. They used the same bunch of people. I think I don't I can't can't swear to that. But it's like when people would drop down off of stuff, they had they didn't have any velocity. They just look like they were being lowered down on strings, and speed it up with CGI or something. You know, do something. But yeah. But anyways, I liked First Class, and I liked um, the last one a whole lot, and they were very, very good. And I'm excited to see the next one because Apocalypse is. I mean, other than in the X Men. They're typical villains. I mean, other than Magneto, Apocalypse is pretty high up there, and he is badass, period. So if they do the character justice, they should have a memorable villain in filmdom, period, because Apocalypse is awesome. And the uh, last bit of news we have on this front is um, we now have a director for the Wonder Woman film, uh, Charles... Roven, Zack Snyder, and Deborah Snyder will produce the movie, and Michelle McLaren will be the one to direct it. If you don't know who she is, kind of like we were, she had directed some Breaking Bad. And well, I can tell you who she is. Dead. I can tell you who she is. That's very easy. Uh, who is she? She's the safe choice, so they don't have to encounter the backlash of being called misogynist and anti-woman and all that stuff because Wonder Woman is a controversial character due to her costume. And I think that she's the safe choice. Let's put a woman in charge of this and it will look... It won't look as bad when we have her out there prancing around in a bikini armor. Well, they did talk to other women directors, Jennifer Kent and another one whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce. Leslie Lincoln Gladder. Later, whoever she is, this is not a professional podcast, people. Well, I hope that she knocks it out of the park because, I mean, there's no reason she can't. She just well, has to have natural-born talent, just like any of the other ones. I haven't seen... But she's probably the safe choice. Does she actually direct Game of Thrones? If she has, she it's might be able to do actions. I mean, you're not really going to get a lot of action with um, Breaking Bad. No, no, Game of Thrones doesn't have a whole lot of action either. Usually it's like two guys dueling here and there. 
They like to film a lot of indoor shots and places like that to save on their budget, so you don't have a lot of the epic battles that are in the books. So, but there, I mean, there's 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 a decent amount of action, but I well, thought I'd have to watch an episode she was attached to. Well, something that's epic is the Last Starfighter, which is one of the greatest movies ever made. Never really talked about, but as far as geekdom goes and nerds, Last Starfighter, fucking awesome. You know what Last Starfighter makes me think of? Mm. A couple things. It makes me think of Blade Runner, and it makes me think of Talladega Nights. And here's why. In Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby says, you know, Highlander is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> it, it won an Emmy for the best movie ever. And, well, Ridley Scott likes to make 75 different versions of Blade Runner. I think at some point the director of Talladega Nights is going to be dissatisfied with that clearly airing a statement and cut a DVD where Ricky Bobby now says Last Starfighter's the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> Just saying. But the, the movie's apparently. fantastic. Yeah. But the uh, the good thing is for all of us is that um, even the god himself, Steven Spielberg, cannot get the rights to Last Starfighter. Thank God. I am not disappointed in that news at all. The film writer has the rights to it, and as a as a uh, creator of content, uh, and I'm sure you can agree, we love when creators, which I mean, I don't even know if he's the creator, but I just know he wrote the script and the story. So he had a, he had a big hand in it. The fact that some of the, well, somebody has control and is going to stop the Hollywood machine from destroying. <laughs> What was already a fantastic movie, I mean, I guess it won't really destroy it because that movie will still exist. But you just hate to see him pick something up and remake it and crap all over. Because I'm Spielberg's just—I mean, he makes the occasional good movie, but he's down. He's not—he, you know—and you need somebody to bring something like the Last Starfighter into the modern age or into the modern age into the modern cinema. You know, the, the way special effects are now, you're gonna have to have a really knockout script and knockout director. Period and a good yeah. cast, because the big one of the big things that got people in theaters was it was the arcade age, the idea of a guy going the arcade machine getting him into a Star Wars type for real, you know, going out and fighting in spaceships was awesome, and the rudimentary computer graphics in that movie were mind blowing when it came out. Everybody's either seen the movie. Or they've seen way better CGI, so it's not going to have that hook. Yeah. They can probably get a lot of the 30-somethings in there taking their kids. I will. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. If they make it tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they didn't get the rights. But if they made it tomorrow, I would still go watch it. I'll say that much. Just so I can see if they're going to make a good movie or not. And if not, I'd bitch about it. But I would take my kids to watch a remake. I got the copy of that on um, a vinyl record. The hmm. movie on vinyl record. There was a brief time you could get movies on vinyl, and I have a copy of that one. But, Jonathan R. Butel, B-E-T-U-E-L, is the writer of The Last Starfighter, and he was what years? He was born in 1949, so he's he's about 65. Well, let's, let's hope he has a long and prosperous life. <laughs> I mean, I don't wish anybody to die, but yeah. you keep kicking, man. Keep those rights. That's the way I see it. 
Well, this will be one good movie they don't try and follow up and destroy. Well, the movie came out in... Um, when did it come out? 80, uh, 1984. So, yeah. he, so the copyright laws would be his family, his next of kin would get the rights to it. So hopefully his family would stand up and say, nah, oh, oh, fuck you, no remix. That's, that's not what he wanted. So Yeah. If that's even the whole story. Hell, maybe he's not getting the money he wants. But whatever, I don't care if he's a greedy bastard or not. Just leave that one be. Leave it be. That, that proves that Spielberg's just a worn-out piece of trash if he's trying to go back and still remake other films and still making his own movies. Remember when he used to make his own stuff? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know, Jaws and E.T. and... War of the Worlds and... Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I I can let him pass on War of the Worlds a little bit. I mean, I didn't really care that much for the Jurassic movie. Jurassic Park 1? But taking a shot at War of the, War of the Worlds, it's, it still hasn't had a proper representation. It still hasn't. And... That's that's that was the mistake he tried to make. He try he he tried to take the original storyline and change it. But whatever, whatever. But what, what do you think about Jurassic Park? Like four uh, now, I guess Jurassic Jurassic yeah, World. Jurassic World. Yeah, I watched the trailer and it's freaking excellent looking. Um, I'm really, really hyped you, up. You're, you're... Oh, I loved it. I now I got some complaints, but I loved the trailer. And I don't know what kind of the creature that was that jumped up and ate the great white shark, but that was that was magnificent. That was some kind of um, oh crap! I just heard heard this on Chris Jericho's podcast. Him and Slash were talking about dinosaurs, but what the fish were. Either way, a mesosaurus maybe a mesosaurus. Uh, no, there's a couple different. It's a big fucking shark thingy. But yeah, it's crazy to imagine a shit like that used to be alive. So but, Jurassic World, basically what we got is Jurassic Park has actually come online the way that they had intended it. And I guess one of the – in my Star-Lord's there. I don't think he's going by, by Star-Lord, but he's – I'd there. watch it. Star-Lord versus dinosaurs? Hell yeah. And um, of course something goes awry, and the scientist in there – decided the, well, just cloning animals was not playing God enough. We're going to do more genetic research, and we're going to create our own uh, dinosaur, and, well, shit goes down. Well, that's that's my concern with the film. They had better have a top-notch design to make that work. So they should probably hire the team that did Godzilla 2000? Yeah. <laughs> that would work. Because <laughs> that was that. Oh, man, that was bad. Yeah. Um, the thing, the other thing, I mean, I like the whole sci-fi story if they attack, if they, if they go after what I hope they're going after. You know, Pratt, Chris Pratt says, you know, you think that's a good idea? Uh, making new dinosaurs, and that's one of the hallmarks of sci-fi and good sci-fi, is there's some sort of question, some sort of lesson that that you learn over the course of it. Um, you know, a cautionary tale, entrusting too much in technology, or entrusting too much in uh, Big Brother. You know, you have 1984, 
you know, you trust the, the government gets control, watches everything you do. You get uh, aliens, the Marines go in, trust in their firepower, and they get cut to pieces. You know, uh, Jurassic Park 1, they, they messed with nature. There was that question was there. That's what made it good sci-fi. Um, it wasn't just the CGI that was better than anything else that had come before at that time. It had that question, and it gave you an answer. And well, hopefully they don't lose that in Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Now, what's going to be the question in Blade Runner 2? Blade Runner 2, holy shit. I mean, I'm excited. You know, I, mean, I, I hope they really get a good, a good director, but apparently the news is is Ridley Scott has double-booked himself on Blade Runner 2 and um, sequel to Prometheus, and he's chose Prometheus, and somebody else is going to direct Blade Runner. Harrison Ford's attached to, to be in the movie, apparently in the last... Spoiler, uh, last third or so. Uh, so I'm, apparently they're going to be looking for Deckard. And, uh, but I don't know where they'll be excited that he's not directing or if he was directing because he's had some missteps. I think overall that Prometheus was okay. Uh, I haven't seen Noah, but you said it was a pretty big mess. Mm. And uh, I didn't care much for Robin Hood or whatever the hell it was called. So. Yeah, see. you didn't miss anything. So, I mean, he's been a little hit and miss. And, and, I mean, that happens. I mean, you can't expect these guys to always knock it out of the park. Yes, I thought he did, Noah. Maybe he didn't do Noah. Oh, oh well, hopefully he knocks Prometheus 2 out of the park, and hopefully somebody else comes along and does an excellent job on Blade Runner. Oh, I know Blade Runner is, is a, very, a very slow kind of movie. It's It's... It's a crock pot. I mean, it's just got a bunch of different elements all thrown in there, and you've got to you got to let everything just simmer and absorb it. It's not something you're going to go in expecting. If you go in expecting Star Wars, you're going to be disappointed. And that's that's how I was the first time I watched uh, it. Darren. When I appreciated it as his own movie. I thought it was excellent. It's amazing. I love the movie. I love the questions. Aaron Skrowski did it. It's really Scott producer. Either way, it doesn't matter. He's been hitting this. We know that much. So, <laughs> if he did, we'll it probably would be just bad because we'll of all the whitewashing they did, did with but the. I am, you know, I am Exodus. Since he's attached, I'm uh, I'm excited to see it. If he wasn't attached, I wouldn't have any interest in it. Just kind of like my last Starfighter argument. But well, since really Scott has something to do with it, we'll see. Just looking at how bad he fucked up Exodus, I mean. I sure as hell I'm not going to trust him to do anything else right now. Well, I mean... Yeah. The, the, well, the speaking best. of Prometheus... Yeah. Okay, what was you going to say? I was going to say that the best uh, news I saw about that, the best quotes about Exodus was on VegasMania.com, and they just had a clip of it, and the comments below was this, uh, Yul Brynner rules, Charlton Heston rules. <laughs> it's just... Oh, wow. It's, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Um, Prometheus 2, he's supposedly going even further away from any tie to the alien. And uh, apparently he's not going to go in towards anything theological with it either. Uh, he made a quote along the lines of, you know, to get away from gods and dragons. and You know, gods would be the theology part and dragons would be the alien. And uh, so, and that's all fine and dandy. I just wish that the first film would have not been tied to Alien at all if he was going to go that direction. 
But didn't they have? Didn't didn't they have aliens at the end of the? There was a facehugger like the size of a freaking rhinoceros that spit out a, uh, alien type creature that was like I don't know five or six feet tall. <laughs> it's kind of screwed up. I'm sure it would have grown into something else, but yeah, I mean, eh, I mean this this facehugger completely enveloped the engineer. You couldn't even hardly see him. I mean. I'm not talking about his head, his entire body. I mean, they could have wrestled down freaking Chewbacca. I mean, it was huge. So, I mean, it was all right, but, you know, that movie had a lot of uh, lack of logic. You know, like the scientists, they go into this they go into this cave or spaceship or whatever, and they there's these things that are really big and dangerous looking, look like big cobras and uh, with, like, vagina mouths. And I don't know about you, but... Uh, I'm not gonna go to an alien world and try to pet a cobra-looking creature, and that's what they do. And then they all, you know, die. So, just a lot of stuff like that. They're just little things that kept adding up. It just kind of held the movie back. But we'll see. We will see. And we will also see an 88-second tease of Star Wars: The Force Awakens on um, November 28th, but it's only going to be in 30 theaters. And- Across North America, and it's definitely not going to be anywhere near here. Um, oh man, no, nothing, nothing ever is. So it's a bad time. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess we'll um we we'll have to get that on BitTorrent <laughs> unless they plan on posting that later in the day. But um, ah, somebody will cam it. Um, I think it's pretty neat. Marketing stuff. Have it in thirty theaters. That's that's pretty neat. So, has anybody ever done that? A limited teaser? Um, I'm sure they have. I'm not familiar with it, but I mean, I, I just I, hope it's good. It seems like a total dick move. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But I think it's a good dick move. Like, these are the because only people are going to be beating down the door to see that teaser. Yeah, these they're are the creating only... hype. Is what they're doing. Yeah, they're creating hype by being dickheads. This is, uh, oh. I just hate the whole idea of it. It's you're limiting the people who want to see it by doing this supply and demand bullshit. You already know it's going to be huge. Just let everybody fucking see it. Try to bring down the whole internet. Put it up online instead of being you no know, dickheads and try to get everybody into the theater to see. And you only get thirty, thirty theaters. That's it. Come on. Okay, so maybe they could do like 40. Yeah, they 40, 41, that, that's, a little, that's 40, a little bit better. 43 would be pushing it. But I, I hype hype counts, you know. Do you, do you really need that much hype? I don't. I don't. But They're, they're basically saying fuck you to anybody who does live in these cities because these are the only cities maybe, that are... Maybe they're concerned about the damage the prequels have done to the older fan base. Because one thing I've noticed about the newer fan base that come on in the prequel trilogies, they they watch the, a lot of you know the ones that watched it when they were eight, nine, ten years old. They don't give a shit. They love the prequels. I talk to guys at work, and they think the prequels are the freaking bee's knees. And I mean, there's some good stuff in them, but I mean, they are just absolutely in love with it, just like I was with the classic trilogy. So, I mean, I guess when you start out with you know maybe the rose-colored glasses, but and they all love the the classic trilogy, and that's how a lot of them discovered the classic trilogy. But you know, talk to the average 
person that's 30, 35, 40, 45, 50 that's watched the prequels? I don't know. I don't know. Many, I, me personally, I've never spoke to many people that, that thought great about them. And I've looked on the internet, and it also seems to be very few and far between. I mean, if you talk about Star Wars, invariably somebody's going to bitch about the prequels, period. That's I mean, you because they're guy. too stupid to understand what the prequels are about. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. I mean, I, I like them for what they are. But, I mean, we, if you look at them without the Star Wars glasses, they, they you know, there's a lot, there's pacing problems. There's, you got you got to sell me why Anakin turns to the dark side. You know, and it's just, it seems so sudden. It's just like I didn't quite get it. You know, and they try to say, well, the, the, the steps have been there. He's been taking the steps ever since he killed the Tuscans. Like, yeah, but then you waited like multiple years and nothing ever come of that. And, you know, I don't know. It just, well, that's it's, why we it's, had the Clone Wars series. <laughs> that, yeah, that, thank that. God Clone Wars fixed all that. Clone Wars had everything the movie should have had. Period. Yeah. You know. Um, I did finish, I did finish the Clone Wars series. I forgot to tell you that. I did. I need to finish it, but. What? It's excellent. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> you fucker. I'm, I finished it before you did. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're slipping. I'm a lot more spread out than you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what she said. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of classics, you know who has classics? Universal yeah. Studios. Universal Studios. The monster classic monsters. Oh, yeah. This is kind of old news, but seems like we're the last ones to report on it, but what the fuck ever. Um, they're doing their own Avengers-style mashup for um, their classic monster series. And, uh, I hope they do a good job. I mean, I love those monsters. Yeah. Those yeah. monsters have a, a broad appeal. I mean, I was, I was born in 1980, and I can remember 87, 88... You know, I don't know if it was Fangoria or what, but I saw these magazines in the library that had some of the old classic monsters, and they just really struck me. I liked the design. I liked the look. I liked Bela Lugosi's piercing eyes. And, I mean, it was awesome. And I remember going to school, and they had, like, a book fair, and I bought a, a guide to, like, monsters. And I don't I don't remember much about the book other than it had all the classics. It had Jaws, Godzilla, Rodan, the Alien, the Alien Queen. Stuff like that, and that book really, I don't know what the book was, but it really helped set my taste. It really helped introduce me to all these things. And But I bought it with what a few dollars my mom would give me to go to a little book fair with. But the Universal Monsters, and the Wolfman, and the Mummy, and Frankenstein, I love these movies to this day. And uh, they still achieve what they want to. I mean, my six-year-old was scared to death of the Dracula movie. We watched it this uh, past Halloween, and... I mean, Bella Gosey just put the fear in him. It was—I mean—they're good movies, so they have—they have big shoes to fill. Let me go ahead and read this here. This was um, following. This is from uh, Variety. Following through on his plan to reboot its classic monster franchises, Universal has dated an untitled movie monster for April twenty-first, two thousand seventeen. The film is the first to emerge from a planned series produced and overseen by the creative team of Alex Kurtzman of Star Trek and Chris Morgan, Fast and Furious series. Universal has already set a June 24, 2016 launch for its reboot of The Mummy, with Kurtzman producing along with C Sean Daniel and Robert Orkey, or 
Quark guy, whatever the fuck's name. All right, is. so we got the Fast and Furious guy. <laughs> yeah. One of them. And a Star Trek guy. Yeah. The untitled monster film is the first movie to be dated on April 21st, 2017. The studio announced plans. Less excited. Yeah. The studio announced plans in July to create a Marvel-like cinematic universe around the studio's classic monsters: The Mummy, Dracula, Frankenstein, The Wolfman, The Invisible Man, and The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm I'm predicting a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> no, they're going to oh. team up to take on some sort of threat. Now I know one of the plans was to have Dracula Untold be the that was going to be their Iron Man, and but it did such a piss poor job. I think they changed their mind, and they're going to just do another reboot of a reboot. So basically, they're going to do Spider Man. Yeah, um, I say dig up the people from Hammer Films and give them another shot. <laughs> I mean, they've only made like 300 Dracula movies. They should have the market cornered on this. Um, Can we get Christopher Lee back? Yeah, give me Christopher Lee and Hammer Films and let's do this. But they won't. It's all going to be about CGI and wire foo and and... They, they'll design all the sets and they'll design all the uh, um, costumes and have the idea of the action scenes in place before they write the story, just like when me and you write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we know how that turns out. Yeah. And in Hollywood, it turns out just as bad. So, hey, they need to get a good story and start from there. And I don't know. Maybe if they can find a way to make a mix and do a Marvel style thing. I mean, that would be cool. I just don't see it working. Well, because they're not going to pay by with talent in it. This is going to be some sort of let's make the biggest buck we can make, which I know that's ultimately what they want. But they always make the biggest bucks when they try to make the best movie. Okay, they're trying to make the biggest movie that's going to make the biggest bucks. Okay, well, let's say you were in charge of this. That they came to you and said, "We want to do a, a cinematic universe." Are the monsters the bad guys or the good guys? Are we I'd be going really to do... easy. I tell them we're canceling the project. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's capable of doing this right. So you all are fired for bringing such retarded shit to my desk. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the way, I mean, no, make them bad guys. Shit. And or make Frankenstein maybe a kind of a good guy. Make make the Wolfman when he's not a. Um, a Wolfman, a good guy, I guess. So that would be a neat dynamic. But, you know... Uh, so they're all bad guys, so are you going to have Van Helsing come and get them? Nah, he's overdone. Shit. Get somebody new. Make a new character. How about the Monster Squad? The, the same with uh, Last Starfighter. Just leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch it. Don't touch it. It's fine. Um... You know, have an anniversary DVD come out or Blu-ray or something. But you know, I mean, yeah, I, I that I mean, that's not as classic as Last Starfighter, I guess. Well, the last time I seen something try to be done like this, it was the um, what was the uh, Transylvania Hotel Transylvania, where the hell it was of Adam Sandler. I like that movie. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of it, universe that works in. Yeah, it needed another draft, but 
had a great Oh yeah. But it was still better than the last seventeen the, the last seventeen movies that Adam Sandler's done besides that one. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> they they just need it's again, they gotta come up with a good story, put it in the hands of competent people and let them do what they and, and keep their meddling studio fingers out of it and let them try to make the best product they can make, and then they will make the best money they can make. Period. Um yeah, I mean it is pretty neat that Bela Lugosi and Dracula, I mean, people know the image as soon as they lay eyes on it to this day. But didn't Abbott and Costello do something like that? Modeled after it for the last 70 years? I mean, we'll see. Didn't Abbott and Costello do something like this? Oh, yeah, they did a whole series, and they were, they were pretty good. I mean, they were funny. Something like that, maybe, they could pull off. Like the original, you know, that just made me think of the original concept for Green Lantern and Jack Black. I'm not a fan of Jack Black, but that sounded like a good Jack Black movie to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him finding, him inadvertently getting the ring and getting the powers, I would have laughed my ass off most likely. Um, But anyways, back to Universal. Uh, I hope it's good. I'll probably go see them if they have a good trailer. Let's see. I think the only actual owned Universal character is the creature from the Black Lagoon. Everybody else is – they don't own that, really. So technically, we can make our own. That's right. What's copyright on Frankenstein and Bram Stoker's Dracula? Uh, I don't – I don't know. Everybody and her mother writes that. Uh, this no, is like a – yeah. Everybody yeah. uses Dracula now, so I think that's a Invisible Man. That's H.G. Wells, isn't it? Invisible Man? I think so, but I can't swear to it. Wolfman is just... That could be anybody. I mean, this is really... Fuck. Yeah, we're just right around. Yeah, it's H.G. Wells, 1897. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, fuck it. We'll do our own. If if Alan Moore can get away with it, we can too. So, okay. It's true. Yeah. Um, and practical effects for the most part. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do any sort of full body, full speed shot, yeah, you're probably going to need to go CGI or something, but put them in the shadows, put them in costumes, put them in makeup. Make it scary. And, and accentuate it with CGI. Yeah. You know, I mean... I think of Terminator 3, and, and they used a lot of practical effects, but then they had enough of his face burned away you could see inside his mouth, and I thought that was a really well-done effect. Mind you, I haven't watched that movie in seven or eight years. But I mean, things like that, just just enhance things with CGI. There was a movie I watched not too long ago. I wish I could remember the name of it. They, they had a lot of makeup, and I read about it later. What movie was that? Anyways, the point being is that I didn't realize they'd use CGI, or practical effects. I didn't know until I was reading about it later. But I thought it looked really good. And it looked like practical effects. And what I found out was it mostly was, but they accentuated with CGI. They added elements, particle effects, things like that. And what movie was that? I don't know, but it was really well done. They need to do that with... I mean, I guess the Wolfman's probably not going to work out so well in the transformation sequences. But... That one... The, practical effects. Yeah, what was the... Um... We're up in London. That's still one of the best transformation scenes. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was excellent. It's hard to find a good one. 
but they haven't made a, a good Dracula movie or hardly a good vampire movie, let alone a Dracula movie. I mean, Bram Stoker's Dracula was it was all right, but it was just kind of. Oh, I loved it. I mean, Gary Oldman. I, I like it. I like it. It was just so. Some some of it I could. There see. was an arrogance that you could just feel through the movie. I guess. I guess that well, you thought that Coppola was trying to be too serious about about too, the movie. Like he was trying too hard. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I said all right. But I rate the movie in my mind a nine, maybe. It's a really really good movie, but. <laughs> It's yeah, alright right was just a bad word, but <laughs> when I was saying that, unfortunately, the first thing that sprung to mind was Keanu Reeves and um, the arrogance or whatever it was I felt when I watched that movie. I, that, I, that's I, what I was. I that's what I was keying on. But, I mean, it was a good movie. It was a really, really good movie. But that's the last one I can think of. Well, that's the last one I can think of that was worth the fuck. That's. Yeah, and I'm not even saying it has to be a direct adaptation of of Bram Stoker's novel, but the well, last Dracula one starring the character Dracula, the, Dracula, Dracula, that's what we need. The, Dracula, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, keep him away from the director's chair. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to see a good movie starring Dracula. It doesn't, it doesn't, I've already seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. There's a, defi- there's a definitive version of that. Dracula and, dead and loving it. Oh uh, yeah, I like I like that one. Had the yeah, guy from Wings, but yeah, make it make me make me a good movie with Dracula. See, uh, Dracula two thousand was crap. I haven't seen Dracula in, Untold. One of the guys <laughs> at work said it was really really good, but mm. uh, you know he's probably he probably took a breath from Call of Duty to watch it, so his opinion <laughs> is his opinion is uh, suspect. So do you think he might may have been one of those guys on? Um... Requesting something from PSN Network to be deleted? You just don't even get me started on that shit. Well, we got Listen, to. <laughs> we got to. You you put it on the fucking notes. <laughs> yeah, this is on the notes. The most stupid PlayStation Network request. I've seen this in forum posts on multiple sites. I've seen, there's an article too floating around out there where they quoted uh, somebody high up in Sony talking about you know we're gonna maybe make this something you can do with an update. And that is to be able to delete trophies from your list. And you have your trophy list, which shows what games you played and what trophies you earned. But there are people that are so ate up and so self-conscious and so cool, they're so fucking cool, that they can't, they can't bear the thought, bear the thought of somebody seeing Just Dance or Skylanders on their trophy list or something along that line, or Raven Legends, which is a fantastic game. Uh, and that was one title I saw bandied about. Ugh. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Seriously. Who cares? So what if you play Just Dance? I play Just Dance. I love Just Dance. I play it on Connect. It's the only thing my Connect's for. If you ask me what my Connect was really <laughs> called, I would say that's awesome, a Just Dance camera. That's the only thing it's worth fucking using for. But Just Dance is fun. It's setting up with your friends and your family and having a little bit of fun. Skylanders, especially if you have kids, is really fun to sit down and play. Um, it can actually be pretty nerve-wracking, considering you're, if you have a four-year-old like I do, who dies every three seconds, we got to switch those damn action figures out. But it's fun. That's what the point of games are. And these stupid little shitheads that make these requests, 
they don't want you to know they've played Just Dance or Skylanders. God forbid they would ever play Mario or Donkey Kong. Ooh, you know, those are the same people who bitch about all that shit. But, I mean, seriously, how, how pathetic do you have to be to be concerned someone's going to see something like that on your trophy list or Sing Star or whatever popular games are out right now that you would be ashamed of? I don't know, Duck Dynasty. I might be ashamed of that one, but I wouldn't delete the fucking trophy. I mean, who cares? You know, you want to run your video game cred? That's because these little shits think that they're not playing with a toy. They don't want to play mature games. You know, it's all blood and guts. It's all blood and guts. I like blood and guts. That shit's fun. But guess, you know what else is fun? Squashing Goombas and dancing and playing with action figures. I don't give a shit. It's fun. So quit being ate up and, oh, I'm an adult, I'm mature. You're playing with a toy, whether it says Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo on the front of it. A fucking video game console is a fucking toy. Stop acting like it's not and asking to have fucking trophies deleted. They could spend their time fixing other shit besides coming up with a way to make you delete your trophies because you're that superficial. Oh, my God. Seriously. I would like them to spend a little bit oh, more fuck time that, that promise resume play that they promised us at system launch we never got. Oh, yeah, that never happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So instead of worrying about deleting trophies, let's fix that shit. You know. Oh, and oh it's God. it's not that hard to let's create. Let's work a on PlayStation account. Network stability a little bit. I mean, before you didn't have you you didn't you didn't have to pay for stability. You didn't have to play, pay for PlayStation Network. You could eat a little bit of the dropped games and the erratic stuff that happens. Now they're requiring a premium. They need to get their shit in order. And I'm not saying it's bad, but there's just enough of a hiccup here and there to be irritating. But that has got to be the mo- one of the most stupid requests I've, I've ever heard in the entire time I've been playing video games. Well, now since we have cross-chat, they have nothing else to bitch about, so they've got to find the most asinine thing they can. Oh, my gosh. I I don't get it. I that that's why That's why companies... I don't know. I mean, Nintendo makes mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, you got guys, people that won't even touch a Mario game because because he's got a cartoon-looking plumber in it, and it doesn't have anything to do with the fact, you know. But they'll go play something exactly the same, you know, as far as gameplay mechanics goes, or very close to it because none of them are of that quality. But they won't because it has a, a manly-looking dude, or you know, some big-ass female running around. They will. They'll sit and watch that. They'll play that. And I get the different strokes for different folks, but I mean, these guys, you know, it's all about the gameplay. And this has all this and the superior games, blah blah blah. But I don't want people to see my trophies of what I'm playing because it might be embarrassing. Well, I mean, they're going to see the fact that the last game you played was a shooter. I mean, that's what Alien Isolation is, according to the Amnesia developer, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously. So IGN gave Alien Isolation a five a five point nine. Okay, that's fine. You didn't like it. Mind you, the guy spent most of his time sitting in a fucking locker, which is not a good gameplay choice. To me, that's like playing Mario and saying it sucks because I don't like, I'm not going to jump. I'm just going to run forward. Yeah, you're going to die because you're going to run into shit. You hide in lockers and alien, you're going to be stuck there, and then you're going to start saying, well, this is boring. Well, it's because you got to move, dipshit. The alien's not going away. It knows you're in the area. It's going to find you. So then they try to, you know, they want to say that the AI is erratic and things like that. There's subjective things, and there's things that's just not right. You know, there's not honest, and the AI will find you. 
The AI will hunt you. The AI will stick around the area you're in. Uh, that's the way it works. It doesn't just randomly appear. It's taking a course to get to you. I can identify every mistake I made and why I died every time I've died. So they gave it five point. That's fine. Okay. Survival horror is not your thing. You know. I think the biggest problem with that guy was is he was trying to get it done before uh, his deadline to get the game reviewed. And the way I read it, the way it was worded, it, that's that seemed to me the problem. He couldn't get through the game as fast as he wanted to because he's spoiled from playing all these these eight-hour games and getting paid his weekly paycheck or bi-weekly paycheck to review them. Yeah, it sucks when you're trying to get the money in and you got to really sit down and spend 20 hours playing through a game. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's not that bad. But here's, here's the thing that's really irritating. They got a backlash because Alien Isolation got the 5.9 and then they gave... Uh, Assassin's Creed, the 7.9 or 7.8 or whatever it was, which was a broken game. Aliens finished complete. By default, a complete game should score higher than a broken game, period. Alien was not broken, yet it scores a 5.9 because it's hard. Uh, because, you know, couldn't get it done for the deadline. But you get something to where you have all these review copies and all this developer BS where they're getting they're get, giving swag out to the to the journalist and things like that. So you get these these games that just they're just not finished, and they get higher scores than games that are. And games that, by all accounts, I mean Alien Isolation, okay, so it may not be game of the year, but I mean come on, it's a complete solid game. Period. Mechanically, it works from start to finish. Mechanically, Assassin's Creed does not. Call of Duty or not Call of Duty? I'm sorry. Halo's multiplayer is completely broken. We know what you're thinking about. Master Chief Collection is broke. That's a broken piece of shit right there. It's a broken piece of shit. Who would have thought a Halo game wouldn't be polished? Whether you don't like the style or not, at least the games were always finished and complete. This game is not. (laughs) But yet yet it gets good reviews because it's Halo. Mm -hmm. So so anyways, what, what brings this about is they wrote an article about Alien Isolation the other day, and it's a different person than the reviewer, which is fine, but it's Alien Isolation is the bravest game of 2014. This is IGN, by the way. And they, they, they heaped a lot of praise on it. Now, she, the writer, she didn't, she took, she was the one that actually pointed out erratic AI and agreed with the other reviewer to an extent, but yet she's praising this game. About Alien? And, yeah, praising Alien. Yet at the same time agreeing with the reviewer that gave it a 5.9, but praising the game. And I don't know if it's just, in light of the whole Gamergate thing, which I don't want to get too far into, one of the big things is they found all these emails, and yes, it's, it's, it's common sense that people in the journalist, game journalist community are going to communicate with each other and have these big groups and, and be together and communicate and, and get a lot of the same ideas. And, and come up with things. But they also are kind of like a propaganda machine, like when they wrote the article about the gamer and gamers are dead and all that crap like that, because they all emailed each other all about that and come up with this idea, we're going we're gonna to take Gamergate and we're going we're gonna to just destroy the whole Gamergate movement and just take over. So they all wrote and released an article on the same day of multiple publications that sounded almost the same and was titled pretty much the same. But you had 30 different writers releasing it on the same day. 
That's not bi- that's not unbiased journalism. That's not objective journalism, and that's a lot of what GamerGate's about. Which brings me back to the IGN article. They've they've suffered a backlash in the last few months over uh, the reviews and their connections and how things are done and how, why some games that are unfinished are getting high scores and, and ones that are finished are not. They need to just get rid of the scores just say, yeah, play the game or don't play the game. That would help them a lot. But it just smacks of dishonesty that they're releasing this article praising a game yet review, agreeing with a 5.9 review. A 5.9, that's a pretty mediocre game. But yet she's she's praising it. And yeah, I know the bravest game because they did take chances. But I mean, she doesn't. I mean, there's several places in the article she talks about how good the game is. So it's just stuff like that. She's 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 selling the company line. It sounds to me like someone wrote an opinion piece under the direction of an editor or someone else in charge. Hey, we gotta we gotta cover ourselves a little bit. This is one of our sore spots. Let's do this. I might just be a conspiracy theorist, but I don't know. Gamergate's exposed a lot of a lot of communicado, and I just don't think that it's an honest review, and I don't think that it is an honest opinion piece. Period. So, whatever. I'm I'm still in rant mode for the trophies. Those are probably assholes that write these reviews. Are probably the ones that want their t- trophies deleted, so they have gamer cred for playing with their toy. Anyways, Nintendo DS is ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> is it toys? Yeah. Excellent system. Excellent library. Sold a freaking galactic load of copies or hardware units. I mean, they have just... They hit it out of the park with that system. I remember first seeing a DS and thinking, it's stupid. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have another way of controlling my game. Blah, 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 blah. And then I found out there was other ways to control games. And, and yeah, there were some gimmicky type games. But there was a lot of good stuff. There's some good games with that. And they carried over into the 3DS. So... I like stylish controls, as long as they're mixed and done well. Mixed with modern controls. There's a lot of neat additions of that, too. As of March 31st, 2010, the DS uh, totaled 128.9 million units. Wow. What's that put it behind? Just the PlayStation 2 or something? That'd be like the only thing that would have sold more, right? Of that, some 17.82 million were DSIs, and 2.08 million were DSIs XL. Um, Those were late revisions. Whenever I already had a DS. Or later revisions. That's a lot. Uh, Yeah, and that's why... And you got to think, the DS years were the Wii years. What was the um Nintendo was rolling in cash. What was the best DS game they had that you played? The best one I played? Mm-hmm. Uh God, I'm gonna sound like such a fanboy. Fucking Zelda. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't. They were good. They were a little lacking. Um There was a Metroidvania type game called Aliens Infestation. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Very, very good, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's one of my favorites. And what what made it really good? I mean, don't get me wrong; it's the Alien universe, and I'm totally discrediting my previous rant about reviews because people's gonna be like, "This guy's just biased towards aliens." Mm. Um, 
was a good game. And you could find other Marines along the way while he was exploring the, the ship. And what you would do is they would permanently die. So you had to find other Marines to get extra lives, but there were only 30 total Marines. So if you happen to die like 30 times, the game was done. You had to go back to the save point with your last Marine and hope you could finish the whole game. Uh, of course, you find Marines corrupt almost the last section. <clears throat> but that was a very, very good game. Um, what was your favorite? I never had DS, so I don't know. Oh. I know Spirit Tracks was good, but there were some sections that was very, very boring. Um, then you had, like, New Super Mario Brothers was was good and fresh at the time. Uh, Phantom Hourglass was really, really good. New Super Mario Brothers sold 30 million copies. Golden Sun was good. There was a Chrono Trigger remake that was really good. Advance Wars was really good. Yeah. Was good Castlevania games. Fucking um, Nintendogs, 23.94 million. Yeah, Nintendogs actually was... I played a lot of that when it first came out because I thought it was neat. You could pet your little dog. I didn't play a lot of it. One of my, my friends had it. Well, you, know, you don't have to worry about deleting it. Yeah, I don't have to worry about deleting it. So, yeah, I played Nintendogs. I liked it. I didn't spend no 20 hours on anything, but it was it was neat. Um, my wife's little sister had it, and that's how I come across it. Uh, Fire Emblem, that was another one that was good. But my absolute top DS game... Hmm... Pokemon. That's a hard one. I didn't play the DS Pokemons. I don't think I've played any Pokemon game except Pokemon Stadium. That was on 64, right? Yeah, and Pokemon Rumble U. We tried it out because figured the kids would like it, and it was pretty terrible. It had like little figurines. That's the only one I played was 64. The um, Stadium. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. I would never buy it, but. No, sitting around somebody else's house, I'd play it. Uh, we are running out of time on this one, but the uh, you want to cover this little Art Academy challenge for Pokemon? Yeah, Shigeru Miyamoto, Miyamoto, um, he's got made. He created Mario and Donkey Kong and and Pikmin and Zelda and all that. He uh, they have a they have an Art Academy challenge. What it is is they want you to draw on the me, me, uh, what's it called? Me universe, meverse, and people can get on their accounts and draw on their Wii U uh, pictures of the Pikmin in different situations. You know, try to use your imagination. And he's challenging all the Nintendo fans that you know have some sort of art. Well, just everybody, but a lot of there's a lot of good art on meverse. It's really surprising what people can put on there just using that stylus. And um, but he's he's thrown the challenge down to post your picture on Meverse that you've drawn, you know, from in inside the app, and uh, it's just really neat interaction with with the company. I mean, what kind of interaction do you get from Sony's executives or Microsoft's executives? Can you name Can you name them? Commercials. I could name the Sony guy, but that's just because of the names. But I mean. There's Reggie from Nintendo and, and Miyamoto. You know, Miyamoto went to E3 and he sat down and played with people and challenged people and joked around. You know, 
that that's that's cool. And the other guys are capable of doing that, and they may do that from time to time. But it just doesn't ever seem to make the news like this. But to really just set out and have an art contest and to be involved and really make Meverse grow, which seems like a really positive community that's not quite so full of all the I hate trophies bullshit that you see in the other communities. Mm. Hey, whatever. And not to mention you're getting to interact with, loosely interact, with one of the you know, top game designers of all time. So that's pretty neat. Well, the contest extends until November 30th or until 1,000 entries are received, whichever comes first. I'm pretty sure they've already done oh, that. I haven't looked. And the, um, the one thing I would add on there, you do have to purchase the Art Academy Sketchpad for $4 off the eShop zone. Yeah, and that's a basic um, program. I have it. And it's not it's 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 decent, you know. It's a little limited on the number of um, projects you can save, but you know it's it works. At this point, that's the sketches you're going to have to do for our podcast. Yeah, because I can't find my disc to my Corel Painter with my license, <laughs> and I really don't want to drop three hundred dollars on a program right now. Yeah, uh, this is a good. That's a good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I can do a screen grab from Meverse, I think. Yep, there you go. <laughs> we can do it. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to get the gamepad out and start drawing. <laughs> Go away, kid. I just wanna have access to a lot of the resources I need. Yeah. Oh well then you can always Photoshop the rest of it later. Um Well, I mean hell, we're already on Nintendo. Uh you wanna talk about the YouTube bullshit? If they fixed it? I don't know, I haven't read anything new. Uh okay. Last year, it was either earlier this year or late last year. Um, YouTube and Nintendo, there was a there was a big fiasco, and what happened was Nintendo put up um, copyright claims against user generated content that featured Nintendo, and they, I mean, they were filing copyright claims, and they didn't back down uh, for a little while, but eventually they stopped. But they, but people were scared uh, to to pr- promote their content, to talk about their content, and it all comes under fair play. You're allowed to criticize, or allowed to review, or or to pr- to show the material in that light. I could see Nintendo having a point on some of the the playthrough stuff, but I mean, it's just not it's not doing anything but creating hype for their games, for their product, for their hardware. And there was a backlash over it, and it, it didn't help them any. So uh, now what they're doing is they're having an event in Japan. Nintendo's giving permission for people to use their properties for derivative works. So you can do your Let's Play videos, uh, the people like the mini-bosses that do covers of their songs, uh, things like that, pictures. But yeah, they were, I mean, they were, they were just throwing up copyright claims left and right. But just because Nintendo's footage or art or audio shown up in videos, that doesn't make mean that they had a copyright claim. Because under fair use, you can show some of that material in order to criticize or talk about it or parody it. So, I don't know. They were being a bunch of assholes, is what they were being. And you know, it was one of the reasons that I was delayed in even being interested in the one podcasting or uh, YouTube videos, which I really I gave up on YouTube videos, anyways. But it just 
Nintendo really kind of put the nail in that coffin, and now they've backed off. So hopefully, moving forward, you know, they're not going to file copyright claims against people in the future. And another thing that they did was it wasn't long after that they have the Evo, which is the big fighting tournament. You know, like Smash Brothers, main, mainly Street Fighter games like that. But they was having Smash Brothers, and Nintendo was uh, trying to stop them from using Smash Brothers for their event. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Nintendo, I mean, that's hype. That's, that's got people talking and watching YouTube videos and reading in magazines and on message boards about these awesome Smash Brothers fights these two pros had or four pros had. I mean, that is nothing but good press for them. And, I mean, it's just, it's shooting themselves in the foot to do so, which, you know, Nintendo, two steps forward, one step back. That's how they operate. And, I mean, it was just crazy. And they backed off after they got a backlash on it and supported it. But, I mean, it's not like those guys didn't already have copies of the game. How else would they have practiced so much? You know? I mean, come on. So, Nintendo's being, I mean, yes, protect your copyright and make sure it's not uh, being taken advantage of. But there are fair use laws, and that's just the way it is. But this is only for Japan and not in America. Yes, and we're hoping that this continues to grow. And, you know. Now you can load up uh, Mario Kart videos from in app. So. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't be, I have one on mine, but I wonder if they would file a claim on that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> they, might, they might do it. Um. Well, it seems we only have two pieces of news left. Um. Well, which one do you want to do? We got the because uh, you never did cover your horror in Survivor bullshit. Let's do that. So get you get this out of the way. Let's talk about let's get this off my slightly hairy chest. Horror survival bliss. Okay, you know, Resident Evil set a huge standard in the 90s for, like, the survival horror or just the horror. Before horror warned, people is getting ready to talk about Alien again. Yeah, yeah, just be forewarned. And uh, it has to be. It has to be talked about in this particular topic. Um, I promise a non-alien podcast next time, if possible. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, you had such good games. You had Silent Hills and Fatal Frame and things like that, and then it just kind of faded a little bit. And that's because mainly because Resident Evil, after the success of 4, which is a good game, uh, just went more to the action game. And Capcom pretty much unapologetically said it was because that stuff sells better, and that's fine. Uh, was 4 the last one made by the original creator? I think so. I know five was a huge step down for me. It was enjoyable, and six was a was a freaking fell off the fell off the wagon step down. I mean, they landed flat on their face on that one. I played through that, and it was wow. I finished it because I spent seventeen dollars on it. <laughs> yeah, when I saw the Metacritic, I was like, eh, maybe I'll wait for the price to drop because it just doesn't sound that good. Because I was kind of disappointed in five. And six didn't really didn't help, and my son picked up Operation Raccoon City, and he's the biggest Resident Evil fanboy you've ever seen, and he lasted about thirty minutes before he turned it off. So I was really surprised at that. Um, 
but there's been kind of a revival, you know, recently. And 2014's had some big titles. And then you had, last year you had Resident Evil Revelations, which is a return to form for the most part. That was a very, that was a very good game. And it seems that Capcom is going to go possibly with uh, two different series. One based off of the original, this is kind of be Resident Evil Revelations 2, and then the other series will be following more along the lines of uh, Resident Evil 5 and 6, which is fine if they want to keep selling that crap. Um, if they can tighten it up some, I would play them. I mean, they have interesting set pieces and decent stories for for video games, but give me the other stuff. Resident Evil Revelations is really solid, uh, minus a little bit of a control issue. Very, very good game. Uh, this year, we've had... <clears throat> Alien Isolation, which is excellent, and uh, you know, really got the atmosphere right and really made you weak. Um, Outlast, which is another one, you're weak. It's scary. It's intimidating. Uh, it's well designed. Uh, there's elements that Alien could have used that were in Outlast, like being able to climb over, you know, tables and things like that. Uh, you know, it was just a very, very, very solid game. Very good. Wii U got uh, Fatal Frame 5, uh, Shrine of the something Maiden or Shrine Maiden. I can't remember what the name of it is. And that was uh, that game met pretty positive reviews. Hopefully it comes out in the West. Don't know. It looks really, really good. Uh, then you have Never Ending Nightmares, which kind of going for the aesthetic of the black and white, kind of like Mad World on the Wii. You know that one looks good. Among the Sleep is really, really interesting looking, and you're playing as a toddler creeping around your house in the middle of the night, and it just looks freaking terrifying. I can't imagine playing a survival horror as a toddler. I think you're like a two-year-old or something, and I really, really want to try that. So I mean, those are that's the good stuff this year. Um, then you have Walking Dead season two, which is your you're more towards a narrative-style survival horror, which I know you have a an issue with that one. Yeah, yeah. First game was awesome, the but just the fact that you flat-out slaughter a dog for no reason other than try to build up. I don't know what the hell you were trying to do, but yeah. So after that, you know, I'll never buy another Telltale game again. So fuck you, Telltale. Yeah, Paul's the world's biggest dog lover. Uh, then you had, I mean, there was, it wasn't all good. There was Daylight and Dread Out. They didn't, they didn't review well, and they didn't look that interesting. Uh, I can't personally speak for those two. I watched uh, some video, and eh, whatever. And then you have, uh, but I mean, there's just a resurrection, a revival of the, the survival horror games. And so, and then you have, well, another good one uh, is The Evil Within, and uh, that's a that's a good solid title. And, I mean, it's a little more action-y than, say, Alien or Outlast. But, I mean, it just, it's great. It's fantastic. Because that's probably my favorite genre of video game. Horror? It's a survival horror. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I ate up Silent Hill and Fatal Frames and Resident Evils. I mean, I, many, many hours. So, Amnesia for PC, I freaking loved it. Um... Yeah, there was some glaring issues, but overall, I think it did its job. I mean, it was 
it was one of the first games to get my chest thumping as hard as it was. I do know that there is a demo for the Evil Within on Steam. I'm not sure about the uh, Xbox One. It's done on PlayStation 4. There's no demo for it on there that I know of. Yeah. But it is on Steam if you want to try it out. I did. Not a fan. Um, not my genre, though, so... Yeah. If I say something sucks, that doesn't mean it's not a good game. It's just it's not something that... Did you play the Silent Hill demo? The, uh, yeah, it's very repetitive. Got tired of it very quickly. Well, it's a demo. Hopefully the regular game isn't like that. That's supposed to... It's a playable teaser. Yeah, it's a playable teaser that's not actually a part of the game it's teasing, supposedly. So that's not even supposed to be a section of the game. I mean, it, it has some jump scares, but... uh, Yeah, it, it had a lot of atmosphere. It became very annoying, and you should have just made it a little bit more streamlined to get to what you need to do so you can enjoy the game. Yeah, I can agree with that. Instead of fucking around for an hour trying to figure out what the hell is the... Well, I've got to zoom in right here on this little hole, and now something's going to happen. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. No, not yeah. Continue. Uh, the Forest looks is another upcoming game. It looks really neat. Has a like the physics engine is just insane, and there's like cannibals on this island. You're a survivor in like a plane crash, and um, like <laughs> so I watched a video of this guy running around, and he's like picked up the severed arm, and just like running around, just like shaking it, and it's got like limp wrist physics. <laughs> and I'm just like, I want to play this game, like right now. So it's a survival game, and you're on an island, and you can make like funeral pyres out of corpses and body parts. So sign me up, because that's just the kind of stuff I like. So I'm glad to see a lot of survival horror type games. They are back. And there's been some good ones. What would you count um, Last of Us as? I'd say I'd say it was a survival war. Okay, well, uh, I did like that. That's one. I mean, I would call it survival horror. I mean, it's got some 3D action game elements to it, and well, I, I guess it depends on what setting you play the game on as well. Yeah, I always go straight to hard mode usually. I just play it on easy. I want to get through the story. Yeah. Yeah, I play to be punished. And then it's by massacres. That's exactly it. I want to suffer. And the more <laughs> I suffer, typically the better the game was. Unless it's, you know, suffering from bugs and shit. Which brings me back to Alien Isolation and that asshole from Amnesia saying, it's a first per- it's got a, it, it basically is a first-person shooter. Really? That guy never even played that game. He saw a screenshot with a pistol in it and made a claim. But back to topic. <laughs> well... You, well it, so you you're probably it's not survivor horror it's just more like a masochist game is the uh, the Dark Souls dude his new game what's it called oh I don't Bloodborne know Bloodborne or something like oh, that oh yeah Bloodborne yeah yeah I played dude I played a lot of uh, Dark Souls those are fun for people like me um, the uh, there's a, that reminds me there's a controller I saw in the news uh, was browsing the internet earlier. That to help donate blood, this controller will suck your blood. But the, the, the I don't think you've seen this. No. I don't. Um, but you you insert an IV into your fucking arm, and you play a game where you can bleed. 
And anytime you bleed, the controller sucks your blood. <laughs> I can't think of a more stupid concept for enhancing, you know, increasing blood donations. But hey, whatever works, I guess. Man, these microtransactions are getting out of hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Electronic Arts and Activision and uh, Ubisoft, right, Ubisoft yeah. are looking at that like right now. Like, can we sell that blood for more than we can? We'll just charge a skin for one pint. Oh, we'll I'm just... One weapon and one skin. They might be able to pull it off in Europe, but I doubt they'll be able to do it here. Yeah. But um, that's pretty. As weird. long as the government tells them it's okay in Europe, the Europeans will do it. Yeah. So. I don't mean all of you, just most of you. There's so, anyways. <laughs> there's there's um, only one who has actually visited the site. <laughs> yeah. So that's a crazy control, but I would totally use that for survival horror games. But if I was using it for something like Alien Isolation, I would bleed to death. Well, don't play as Ric Flair, though. You're, <laughs> you're bleeding. <laughs> yeah, I could play some wrestling legends game and you get hit in the forehead and it's over. <laughs> That. You know, if you got a two-player game of Touch Rose and Ric Flair, you might want to call it EMT. Yeah. And and the last bit of news we have, which we've we've had this our <laughs> our Google Docs for the last three episodes. Finally, it's clear this would be the last one. The Arkham trailer is out for the um, part. What get off the goddamn you fucking pop up ads. The uh, Arkham Knight trailer for the playthrough for I guess it's the first part of the game for it's Ace. The gameplay footage. Yeah, supposed. It it does look like it. It does look like it. A lot of so did Watch Dogs. <laughs> yeah. And I so did Colonial Marines. But we did see the playthrough at um, E3, complete with the game crashing, almost. So yeah, I say this is pretty close, and it's. Probably not the PC version, but I say it's rendered on a PC, not PS4. Uh, There's that. It looks really. It looks pretty good. It looks sweet. It does I, look awesome. I've really enjoyed uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. I haven't done Origins yet. It's up there on the shelf, looking at me, saying, "Come play with me." But uh, you haven't played Origins yet. No, no. It's, I have it for Wii U, and it's it's been on the shelf. I have thirty four. Uh, Inferior wing version. Yeah, 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 I did. Well, you um, need something to play on there, I guess. That's exactly right. It's called Justifying My Purchase. <laughs> um, if it's available for Wii U, I buy it for Wii U so that it doesn't ever collect dust. Sorry. But Mario Kart 8 and uh, Mario World and Skylanders have uh, really helped that not collect dust. So. I mean, I'll play with PS4. I played Alien. I'm saying Alien again. And this, we're going to play, a, if you guys are listening and you stay with us, you should probably try a, a beer drinking game where every time Scott mentions Alien that you have to take a shot. And four minutes into the show, you will be dead. So, um, Killzone, Shadowfall, uh, got a lot of, I don't know, mixed reviews, but I liked I liked what they did by trying to change things up a little bit. You had like the little robot and the zip lines and the shields and the stuns and you know, I thought some more stealth elements. You could approach objectives from different angles, from different uh, different directions. I thought that was neat. So that was a brave step. It wasn't. It didn't feel like I was being handheld through it like I do when I play Call of Duty or Battlefield. 
What are we talking about now? I thought we were talking about Batman. What the fuck are we talking about? Oh, uh, well, I... <laughs> I, I I took off when I talked about uh, justifying my purchase by buying Batman oh, for oh. Wii U, and then that bled into well, I still play my PS4 because I only have three games for my PS4 that I actually own, and I've played some others, but yeah, everything uh, else is Rostogan PlayStation Plus uh, free on PlayStation Plus, and I have it, and then the indie games. Actually, I have a bunch, but they're indie games, which is fine because they're fa- most of them are really good. Steamworld Dig's really good, and. Uh, but I have uh, Alien and I have Killzone. Those are the only two retail releases I have. Uh, I mean, I've played some other games, but those are, you know, they're very good games. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. first year blues, man. First year blues. That should end right soon. So. Yeah, hopefully. But Batman uh, looks freaking epic uh, from the first screenshot that I ever saw. Uh, and it just looks good. And let's hope it's massive. Good. Gotham's huge. It's like there's three layers to the city. Yeah. Yeah, I that's what I want to see out of next gen power. You can get you can give me damn near the same graphics. I want to see huge areas, breathing cities and lots of shit to do in it. Well, I'm glad they actually held off on the game and delayed it until is it June fifteenth next year. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's good. June, it's June right now. Yeah. yeah. It's June right now. Don't no. release broken games. No, do not release broken freaking games. Um, hey, speaking of two steps forward, one step back, Nintendo and Super Smash Brothers apparently sold almost 500,000 copies in just the United States in three days. That's like really freaking good for oh. uh, Wii U and the United States. Yeah, I was going to say this. Kudos to Nintendo for releasing... A highly anticipated game on a Friday. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me since I'm off Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But for everybody else in America, good fucking job. Oh, yeah. I think they released two games on Friday, didn't they? Like a, a Pokemon game or some bullshit? That's the only one I can think of. Because that's the only one that matters this week. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, uh, they had Pokemon uh, Omega or something come out for, what was that Pokemon? It came out for 3DS. It was a big release. Was that the same day? It was on Tuesday. Anyway, Super Smash Brothers. Freaking fantastic reviews. I've played the 3DS version, and it was pretty good. It was really good, actually. Um, but the uh, here's where they're screwing up. You have Black Friday coming up. Well, the system's biggest weakness is there's not enough of them in people's houses, which is holding back third-party development and is holding back um, software sales of the first-party titles that are coming out. So you got to think. Nintendo, Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers sound like gangbusters on a very limited customer base. Period. They need to increase that customer base. Why did they not have a bundle with a Nintendo console and Smash Brothers ready for Black Friday. I just do not think the Japanese developers understand our culture, and I don't understand theirs in a lot of ways, but they don't understand our the materialism that absorbs Americans on Thanksgiving Day. I think Nintendo is still under the belief that we're Nintendo, and that means everything. And, and it doesn't really No, I mean it's it, that 
That is the only thing keeping yeah. them afloat. Yes, they got enough money in the bank from DS and Wii and their other previous successes to stay afloat for 10 years at the losses they were having or 12 years, some some sort of crazy math. Well, but it's still, still not a good way to operate. Reggie said that when the Wii U came out that all you had to do was buy one game with your system and we'd make a profit. Yeah. So increased and, and now apparently in the last few weeks, Wii U console sales are now profitable. So everything Good. they sell is making them money. Good. 3DS is profitable. So they're so I mean they're they're in the black again. They're going to make money hand over fist with Amiibos and Smash Brothers at least for the next year. Now, if they don't have some really good titles lined up and don't really expand their Amiibo functionality, and I don't know, have an Amiibo game specific for, you know, kind of... I don't know, I would play Super Mario Amiibo RPG today. The Amiibo stuff's fine, but you need to work on more of the hardcore stuff like Bayonetta. Yeah, they got Devil's Third in the pipeline. You know, that looks good. They Uh, need to pull a uh, Microsoft and buy a fucking... Not buy one game, but buy like a couple of big AAA studios. Well, Atlas, uh, I believe they got bought by Sega. Yeah. And uh, that was that was probably a mistake on Nintendo's part because there's a huge, huge Sony following of Atlas products. And uh, I mean, and because Atlas is an excellent developer, they're polished games. Uh, they're original. I mean, their RPGs are all really well done. They're just good. They're just a good company. They was crazy. Nintendo are probably sitting around thinking, man, we're kind of in trouble here, not selling these Wii U's like we thought. But them not having a bundle is just a freaking flub. Period. That's crazy. That is insane. Well, the only well, reason why I bought my Wii U was about for mom for a gift, and you had two games bundled with it. Yeah. I don't know what you get at stores now. I think there's some like two hundred and sixty dollar deals with three games, uh, like. Uh, I think Nintendo Land, Super Mario, yeah. 3D World, yeah, and uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. There's another one if you like Punishment. That's a good one. Tropical Freeze is a very difficult platformer, and it's very good. The last one was difficult as well. Yeah, well, yeah. I still yeah. haven't beat it on 3DS or Wii, uh, but I'm going to beat it on Wii. One, Wii. Yeah, the first one I haven't beat. <clears throat> well, they're the same game, 3DS and Wii, I think. They're all the same. Yeah, but... Donkey Kong Country Returns was still the best one. Yeah, it was really good. Tropical Freeze is some hard-ass shit. Recommend that one. Yeah. Oh, the the Pokemon or the Smash Brothers bundle that came out. There is a bundle, but it's a bundled GameCube adapter for the Wii U, which has four ports on it, and it comes with a bundled uh, GameCube controller. And that is freaking cool. I should have pre-ordered it. Mm-hmm. Read up on it a little bit. That's the one I wanted, and uh, being the collector that I am, and the problem being the is fucking horrible. Oh, I loved it. Uh, yeah. If it just would have had a right C stick that that was an actual analog stick, that you had a joystick, oversized nipple for the C control. C yeah, that, that was that was terrible. But regardless, it's very good for playing Smash Brothers with at a high level. And you get to hardwire your control directly to your system, which matters for competitive play, and it matters for online play because you have less delay between your input and when the game reads it. So anyways, they sold out. I don't know if it was Nintendo didn't expect that there was going to be a huge supply 
or a huge demand for it or what, but they sold out like day one, and now the adapters are showing up on eBay for like $100 to $120. I so, say, say they probably underestimated it. I would say they underestimated it. We got this amazing gamepad that everybody wants. This is the most revolutionary. Oh, they're clearly watered down the gamepad. Yeah. And the gamepad has all the potential in the world. It's just nobody has been smart enough to come up with a good thing. I hate that fucking screen. The Nintendo oh Land God, so Metroid funny. game, they need to make a shooter where you can stand up in your living room if you want and aim by moving your gyroscope, by moving your controller around, whatever's in it that detects your movement. I don't know if it's a gyroscope or whatever. They need to do that. And if you don't want to do that, then yeah, make it to where I can switch it over to this control scheme of a typical FPS. But that would be so much fun to me. Or real-time strategy games with your stylus. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come up with something. And you know? please, since I know that you've already said you can only use your your um, GameCube adapter with Smash Brothers. That's it. That's the only game it worked for. You can easily upload a fucking driver to the system, and you can give us GameCube games on the eStore. Yes, give me the Virtual Console because the GameCube has a lot of fantastic games. I mean, I still would buy Eternal Darkness right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I never oh. finished it, so I mean, they probably oh, yeah. wouldn't do it. And you would get it for what? Fifteen to say say fifteen dollars is a GameCube price point, or twenty, even twenty. You're not going to touch that game for that price. If you have a GameCube sitting on your TV right now, you can't touch that game disc only for, what, $25 or $30? Yeah. So, you know, if you buy the the complete package, you're probably going to spend, I'm just guessing, 45 to 60 bucks. Yeah, so they, they need to release that crap. Yes, uh, that would that'd be awesome. Mario Sunshine is, I mean, it's not the best one, but it's still a good game. And would it be, not be something to have the complete Mario collection on that you can download from the store? Would you not like to have that feather in your cap? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I could imagine a physical big box edition of the Mario collection. Man, that would be epic. Like Master Chief, but without the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, complete. Because I, I, I will count on Nintendo to get it mostly right. I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, they, they hardly ever release something that's broken. F Zero GX in a heartbeat. I will drop fifteen bucks on that digitally. I would love for Star Wars to come back out. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. They had the un- unreleased Wii Wii version. I'd love to see them pick that up and get higher polygon models and uh, better textures. Uh, Tales of Symphonia has been re-released. That was a good game. There was a fire. There was uh, the first Pikmin. There was a Fire Emblem, Animal Crossings. What else was there? Man, there was there was a lot of good games on GameCube. Your Metroid Prime trilogy, a digital download of oh, that. Oh, Metroid Prime was awesome. Yeah, that, I mean they didn't make a bad one. Those were three of the best games ever made. Uh, that was the only Metroid game I ever finished. Luigi's Mansion would be a great way to launch that. Yes, yes. Luigi's you got Mansion. the popular 3DS version. It was well rated. Fuckers, this is the year of Luigi. You should have released it. Yeah, Paper Mario was really good. The first was that? That no, was the second one. The one for GameCube was really, really good. Um, there's another Mario Kart game to sell. You could have uh, had your Resident Evil. Smash Melee. 
Resident Evil. There's a couple of those. There was uh, Beautiful Joe. That was a, was that exclusive? I think it was exclusive. Yeah, it was the time exclusive, maybe. That was a good game. Yeah, there's a, there were some really really good GameCube games. Uh, it was a very underrated system. It had a lot of third party support. Uh, I like the control minus the joystick. The rest of it was the the best ever, in my opinion. I like uh, the little they would just change a damn joystick. I mean, but yeah, those two Star Wars games uh, was Rebel Strike and uh, Rogue Leader. Yeah. Or it was Rogue Leader was first. Rogue Leader was first. Rogue those Leader. were very good. And they really need to pick up and make another one of those. So. Yeah, so Virtual Contra. Console get, would be nice. They could get uh, Soul Calibur on there. You could be able to play a Soul Calibur game on your GameCube. I'm just kind of browsing my shelf over here. Uh, yeah. Well, they already have Wind Waker HD, but now you can have a discounted Wind Waker, but that'd be kind of pointless. Yeah, that's kind of pointless now. But it's uh, just give us the virtual culture, people. Come on. Yeah. That was even a Street Fighter game. It was Capcom versus SNK2 EO. Uh, Hell, Nintendo and Capcom seem to have a pretty good relationship most of the time. Well, this is... there and you can get something besides just Street Fighter 2, something a little fresher. Just put all your GameCube games on there. If Just I put all of them on there. Hell, every damn one of them. Yeah. All right, that will about do it. Uh, is there anything you need to say, Scott? I think I've said more than enough. I I just I need to go uh, take a walk. <laughs> take a walk. Lament that people request trophies to be removed because it's uncool <laughs> games. Well, you go back and watch Sting again. Yeah, might do that. <laughs> All right, well, say goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Scott. Later, peoples. Fuck you, Internet.